Thank you for joining the podcast of East Bay Bible Fellowship. We're located at 1361 High Street in the city of Alameda, California. For more information and service times, please visit our website at ebbfellowship.com. That's ebbfellowship.com. Thank you and God bless. you have your Bibles, we're going to go to the book of Joshua this evening, and I feel really good about this lesson. Uh, we are going to be in the book of Joshua uh, for a few weeks, uh, probably not too long, but uh, just long enough to absorb uh, a lot of the information and uh, the message of this great book. Uh, we, we just finished out the first uh, five books of the Bible. Amen. Good to see Brother Rocha. God bless him. Amen. Uh, amen. We just finished out the first five books of the Bible. And um, in between all these lessons, I am going to bring out several themes um, that I think might be important for you to be um, acquainted with because some of them are threaded out through the whole Bible. Uh, and then there might just be some interesting Bible trivia out there that you might want to know. So uh, let's get started. Book of Joshua, chapter one, verse one. Who wants to read that? Amen. Joshua 1 and 1. Somebody say amen when they got it. If you need a Bible, we have one for you. Amen. Book of Joshua 1 and 1. Jesse, you have that? Anybody? Well, who's ever got it? Bennett's got it. Amen. (laughs) Whoever. It doesn't matter. Now after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua, the son of God, Moses Moses' minister, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, thou and all this people, unto the land which I do give to thee, even to the children of Israel. Amen. So for the first half of this study, we're going to look at some of the similarities between Joshua and his predecessor Moses. These parallels and similarities are important for several reasons. But perhaps one of the most important reasons... Uh, for us examining them is because they hold timeless truths, truths that are applicable to us today. And our first lesson is going to be on Joshua and Moses, born in Egypt, born free. From what we can see in Scripture, Joshua, like Moses, was born in Egypt. Both men, however, accomplished the incredible feat of rising above the Egyptian way of life and thinking. I use the word incredible and feat because this was not an easy thing to do. The struggle to accomplish this is what gave Bible readers down through the centuries the saying that God was able to get the Israelites out of Egypt, but could not give Egypt, could not get Egypt out of the Israelites. Extracting yourself from the influence of the society and the world that you live in is no easy task. And somehow Moses and Joshua both accomplished this very difficult task. Egypt was not just where the Israelites lived. It was how they lived. So strong was the shaping of Egypt over their minds and emotions that whenever the Israelites felt challenged, they quickly reverted to wanting to return to Egypt. 
It had become a kind of a comfort to them, despite all of the cruelty that the Egyptians had inflicted on them through the years. Uh I want you to stop and consider Exodus 14 and 11. Who has that? Exodus 14 and 11. If you're not familiar with this uh, particular passage, uh, which I think we all are, it is the verse in the Bible that... uh, that accounts for the moment in which the children of Israel are about to cross the Red Sea. Uh, this, this verse, however, and the phrasing in this verse will be repeated several times throughout Exodus and Numbers uh, in very different ways collectively by the children of Israel. Who's got it? Exodus 14, 11. Sister Harris. And they said unto Moses, because there were no graves in Egypt, Amen. So here is actually the very first example that we see where the children of Israel, amen, begin to cry back or begin to cry that uh, to Moses that it were probably better for them had they been left in Egypt. They want to comfort themselves, amen, with not only Egypt as a geographic location, but as a way of life. They want to revert back, amen, to this place that treated them so harshly. And as I mentioned already, this is something that they will do over and over and over again throughout the scripture. They will even go as far as to reminisce of the foods that they ate in Egypt. They will tell Moses, amen, that when we were in Egypt, we ate uh, melons and and cloves of garlic, etc. The interesting thing that many Bible commentators have pointed out is that the Bible never says they ate these things in Egypt. And it's pretty amazing how that our mind will play tricks on us. We will reconstruct history in a way that it really never happened. Amen. When we want to revert back to old ways of thinking. You know, when, when, when the devil tells you to go back to the world. Amen. When you feel that draw from your flesh and the world around you to go backwards. Amen. It's amazing the things that you're told. Amen. Uh, uh, and it's amazing the way history is retold to you, I should say. Amen. Uh, it is a it is no doubt an act of of uh, re, revisionism. Revisionism. Amen. At its finest. The devil will tell you that those parties were really grand and that you really were the hot stuff and that, amen, the world really needs you out there. Hallelujah. Now, but it's really not quite that way. Way, is it? Hallelujah. Uh, the, the devil never tells the whole truth. Amen. He never reminds you of all the misery and all the dis, and all the, the pain that, that was uh, inflicted upon you and you inflicted upon others as a result of, of being wronged and hurt yourself. Amen. Uh, now, but despite their insistence on reflecting affectionately on Egypt, God reminds them that Egypt was a house of bondage. It does not matter how Israel viewed Egypt. God was always in about the fact that it was not a good place. It was not full of melons and cloves of garlic. It was not a place where they accommodated, amen, their senior years. Amen. It was it was a place, it was a place that God called the house of bondage. Amen. Um, Joshua uh, 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 who this book is named after uh, was present at all of these events in which Israel and God stood at odds over whether or not Egypt and Egyptianness 
was all that bad. Amazingly, Joshua managed to rise above the flawed thinking of his people. Uh, And this is, as I've already said several times, this is not an easy thing to do. Joshua many times stood in the midst of the congregation of Israel as one as 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 scores of people are yelling, let us go back to Egypt. And Moses is standing, amen, trembling with the rod in his hand, saying, it's not what you guys think it is. Hold on. Wait for God. Amen. And and Joshua in those moments was somehow able to say, you know what? I think the man with the staff is right. Amen. He might be in the minority. He might, amen, not make up, amen, a majority here, but he is the, the man of God. He is the right one. He, he, he has something that we do not have. Amen. Uh, but uh, uh, this was not even something that Moses' own siblings could do. Uh, amen. Aaron and Miriam, Moses' brother and sister, even they could not rise above the Egyptian way of thinking. Even they could not break these chains. Amen. Uh, that, that had been put on them mentally and emotionally. Amen. When they were in Egypt. I want you to stop and uh, remember the story that we went through uh, when when Israel tells uh, Aaron, amen, make us a golden calf, amen. Moses is up on Mount Sinai and, and really the act of making them a golden calf was really just another of their many different ways of saying, take us back to Egypt, Aaron, amen. Let us, let us, let us do things the old way again, hallelujah. And they say, Aaron, make us a golden calf and Aaron still himself was captive in his mind. Aaron himself was still enslaved in his mind and Aaron said, let's do it, amen, and he made them a golden calf. Miriam, the sister of Moses, amen. Even even she was still, amen, thinking like an Egyptian. Uh, many years into their journeys in the wilderness, Moses decides that he is going to remarry. Um, his former wife, Zipporah, had died. And Moses remarries, amen. And this time, he marries an uh, Ethiopian woman. In Hebrew, they call her a Kushnite, amen. And, and Miriam uh, barks. She begins to speak up. Uh, and she says, man, uh, does God... God only speak to Moses and and look at Moses here. He's marrying, amen, in, uh, an Ethiopian woman. And you might be saying to yourself, well, what's Ethiopian? What's what's Egyptian about that? Well, you know, Miriam was thinking, you know, maybe we're going to have a dynasty here where we don't marry outsiders. Maybe we're going to create this little world, amen, where 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 the ruling class, amen, is all related, amen, and it's just handed down from from brother to sister, from uh, to nephews to nieces to uncles to aunts and. And we just keep this affair in the family. And here's Moses marrying a a non-Jewish woman. Amen. From the outside. Amen. Um, And and, 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 and one of the the things that commentators point out that upset God so much about what Miriam said and did. Amen. Was the fact that this woman who was an Ethiopian uh, could not change that. That's who she was. Amen. That's the way she was made by God. Amen. And that's one of the reasons that around here we don't think. Amen. Hallelujah. We don't judge people by where they come from because they did not get to choose. Amen. People don't get to choose if they're going to be white, black, Hispanic, Asian. That's not a choice. You're born that way. Hallelujah. And God made all the people of the world. Hallelujah. Yellow, brown, black, and white. They're all precious in his sight. Hallelujah. This is not a dynasty. Hallelujah. I'm not, um, I'm not, uh, as the pastor of this church, I'm not hoping to build a church that one day I can hand off to my son-in-law. Amen. Uh, And my daughters, praise God. That's not the objective here. We're building the kingdom of God. 
God, not the dynasty of man. Hallelujah. This is the kingdom of, of, of heaven. Amen. On earth. Praise God. We're not trying to establish, amen, some monarchy. Amen. Praise God. Uh, somebody say amen. Amen. But, but Joshua, um, amen, is able to rise above all this Egyptian way of thinking. And uh, you're probably asking yourself, as I did uh, when I started this study, how did Joshua do this? How did he do this? How, how did he manage to not let the world that he was a part of for so long bring him down? What was Joshua's secret? Is there a secret? Or was Joshua just a man cut from a different cloth? Was Joshua different from the rest of us and, and someone we should classify as outside the range of normal? Well, I think the Bible has some answers for us. But I will say this while somebody turns to James 5 and 17. The, the answer to all these questions is no. No, Joshua was not different than us. And there was no secret to his great victory. Uh, and, and furthermore, Joshua was not outside the range of normal. He was very human. Amen. But I want you to consider James 5 and 17. Who has that for us? Let's read that together. Brother Gabe Rocha, God bless you. Elias was a man subject to like passions as we are. And he prayed earnestly that it might not rain. And it rained not on the earth by the space of three years and six months. Amen. Uh, look here at James 5 and 17. Uh, the apostle talks to us about Elijah. But I think we, we can all safely assume here that he is not just talking about Elijah. He is talking about every great uh, uh, biblical persona, every, every hero of the Bible, as we might say. And, uh, and he, he's, he points out to us, New Testament believers, people living in 2017, soon to be 18. He points out to us and he says, Elijah or these great heroes of the Bible. Amen. They were people subject to passions. And when he uses the word passion there, uh, he is not actually using it in the sense of these were people that were impassioned, highly motivated outside of the normal. Uh, but he is speaking of the word passion in the sense of they, uh, in fact, the Greek word there is human nature. Amen. Uh, would best describe that word. But so what he is saying is these people that we read about in the Bible, they had a human nature just like yours and mine. Amen. But they could pray. Hallelujah. They could reach out and touch heaven. Amen. But what he's trying to do is encourage us. Amen. To know that a relationship with God makes all the difference. A relationship with God. Amen. Makes the impossible possible. Amen. A lot of times we're looking. Amen. To be perfect and special. When in reality there's no such thing as perfect and special human beings. Amen. There's only one kind of human being and that's flawed. Praise God. Amen. But you can be connected to the source of all power. Amen. Who is Jesus Christ. Amen. You can be a man and a woman. Amen. Who is connected. Amen. To God. And when you have that connection with God, like Joshua, like Elijah, like the saints of old. Amen. You can rise above. Amen. The tides and the currents of our society. Amen. When you are connected to God. Amen. The majority doesn't. Amen. Determine how you think. Amen. When you are connected to God, the news doesn't determine how you think. Amen. When you are connected to God, amen, the voices, the many voices in the air, amen, hallelujah, will never pull the wool over your eyes. Amen. You will know exactly what the will of God is. You will know what the mind of God is. Amen. You will know what the word of God says. Amen. And you'll be able to hold on. Amen. When everybody else, amen, is topsy-turvy and turning inside out. Hallelujah. Somebody shout amen. Amen. Joshua, 
Joshua's ability to be committed, strong, courageous, valiant, observant, humble, and liberated in his mind was not the result, amen, of natural disposition. It was not a genetic trait of his, amen. It was the result of a prayer life. Joshua knew that getting out of Egypt was only half the battle. Amen. He had to get Egypt out of him. And the only way to do this was to fill that space that Egypt once occupied with God. Joshua knew, I'm coming out of Egypt. I'm getting Egypt out of me. But I, but I can't leave a space here. The old saying says that, that nature abhors a vacuum. If somebody can get... Uh, Joshua 10 and 14 for me. Amen. Uh, the old saying goes that nature abhors a vacuum. In other words, that, that, that life, amen, this thing we call life, when it sees spaces, when it sees vacuums, amen, it wants to fill them right away. Right. And uh, Joshua knew, and this is, just good, this is just good Christian living. Amen. A lot of times we ask God to help us to stop doing something. A lot of times we tell God to get something out of our lives, and God is more than happy to do that. But when God gets something out of your life, amen, or when God gives you the strength to extract something out of your spirit or your behaviors, don't just leave a hole there, amen, fill that hole up, amen, when God delivers you from from something, amen, don't don't, don't just leave that space empty, hallelujah, you got to fill that space up with God, or else that thing is going to come back, hallelujah, that vice will come back into your life, that hole will come back, amen, when you tell God to free you in your mind of tormenting thoughts, amen, the, the, the trick is to fill your mind back up with something else, amen. Amen. We, we live in a world where, where there's a lot of talk these days about meditation. Amen. And, and Eastern meditation is much different Amen. Than, than, than the meditation of the Bible. Eastern meditation, the whole objective is to clear your mind. Amen. Amen. To practice. Amen. These, these breathing techniques. Amen. And I'm not against it. Amen. Uh, I'm not against breathing correctly. Some of us need to take a deep breath. Hallelujah. Amen. But, but, but I will say this. Amen. Uh, emptying out your mind is not the trick. Amen. I'll tell you what the trick is. Is to fill your mind up. Hallelujah. Amen. The Bible says, David speaking, amen. He says, thy word have I hidden in my heart that I may not sin against thee. Hallelujah. I don't want to just get, I don't want to just get this thing out. I want to get something in. Hallelujah. And that's the only way you're going to ever really stay in victory, get victory. Hallelujah. Somebody shout amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Now I will say this, Joshua, at least to the best of my knowledge, and I haven't got to study it out more, but to the best of my knowledge, Joshua is only mentioned two times uh, in the New Testament and even going forward in the Old Testament he's rarely talked about and so when I sit here and I talk about Joshua having a prayer life that's not the thing most people think about Joshua Uh, in fact uh, even scripturally most of the times that we hear references to Joshua it's to the servant of Moses we think of him as this guy that was able to serve Moses and that's true and that's true but as you're going to see here uh, there are some very interesting nuggets in the Bible that will show you that Joshua did in fact have a incurable disease called prayer <laughs> amen uh, who's got Joshua 10 and 14 amen brother Jesse Joshua 10 and 14 and there was no day like that before it or after it that the Lord hearkened unto the voice of a man, for the Lord fought for Israel. All right. So you are reading the, la- the, the, the very last verse here of one of the most phenomenal days 
in, in all of history. And it's actually a day that's still very much talked about, amen, by science and by theologians and all these things. It is the day that the earth stood still. Amen. And so, but it is the day, it is the day in which uh, it was the day that was delayed. It was the day that was stopped. It was, it was even by biblical accounts, no other day like it. And most people that look at this verse, they're like, man, there was this one day where God stopped the sun, where God stopped the moon, where God stopped 24 hours, where he hit the pause button. Amen. On the planet. Amen. But what's really powerful is what the verse says. It says that there was never a day like this when God hearkened, when God listened When God heard the voice of a man. Amen. What is it saying? It is saying that there has never been a day like this day when God listened to the prayers of a person that we today know as Joshua. Joshua. And I'm, you know, let me let me just say this. You know, uh, you remember, uh, you know, in the sports world, you see these highlights where guys, you know, might make this incredible shot at the last second or this incredible catch. Amen. And score a touchdown. You know. Um, trust me when I tell you that's not the first time they did that. Amen. Uh, they, they practice for hours and hours and hours and hours when the cameras aren't rolling, when, the, when it's not game day. Amen. On the off season, they practice for hours for that moment. Amen. And uh, can I tell you right now that that day was not just this day where, where, where Joshua hit the right button on the, on the prayer. Amen. It was not this day where Joshua just lucked out. No, no. Joshua had spent hours and hours praying. Joshua Joshua knew what it was to get on his face day in and day out. Amen. Joshua knew that there was coming a day where him and his people were going to desperately need God. Joshua knew, I just can't pray when I'm in trouble. I need to be praying every day so that when trouble comes, amen, I have the attention of God. Hallelujah. Joshua knew, amen, I have to have a prayer life, amen, that's unrivaled. Amen. I have to have a prayer life that's above and beyond the normal. Amen. I may be normal, but my prayer life is going to be abnormal. Hallelujah. I may be just the average. Amen. I might just be Josh from the block. Hallelujah. But I'm going to have a prayer life. Amen. That'll make God stop and listen. Amen. I'm going to have a prayer life that'll get the attention of God when I need it the most. Can you say amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Uh, With the scripture, amen, perhaps the most riveting look into Joshua's prayer life, however, is actually uh, somebody could get it for me is found in Exodus 33 and 11. I want you to look at this verse is I, I am I'm telling you the gospel truth. I, I sat in a coffee shop this morning, amen, and I, I read this verse and I, and I was I just started tearing up. Hallelujah. I, I've read my Bible uh, from page to page, I don't know how many times, and I know I've read this verse and I never I never quite saw this. Amen. Uh, but somebody read this to me. Who's got Joshua thirty three and eleven, Brother Gabe Roach, Amen. Hallelujah. The Lord spake unto Moses face to face, as a man speaketh unto his friend. And he turned again unto the camp, but the servant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, departed not out of the tabernacle. Amen. Hallelujah. We, we've all heard the first part of this verse, that God would speak with Moses face to face. But it's the next part of the verse I never hear nobody talk about. That when Moses would leave the tent, the young man, one version calls him the young lad, Joshua, Departed not from the tent. Now, just so you know, the tabernacle, the word tabernacle here is actually not the tabernacle you think of. Uh, 
In fact, the tabernacle that we studied earlier uh, will not even be built till Exodus 35. I'll tell you what this, this tabernacle is. It is a tent that Moses made outside the community. Moses, Moses. It was a tent that Moses would visit regularly. It was, it was really, most biblical expositors agree on this. It was Moses' prayer room. Moses knew these people have issues all day, every day. And uh, I'm not going to be able to govern these people. I'm not going to be able to minister to these people if I don't pray. And so Moses had a little tent built for himself outside the community. And the Bible says that the cloud of the Lord would descend upon this tent. And there God would speak to Moses face to face. When the people came with their trouble, when the people came with their problems, their sicknesses, their issues, their diseases, they would go to this tent, to this prayer room, and out would come Moses with a shining face full of the glory of God. And when when it was time for Moses to go back home and attend to his family and take care of his own private matters, amen, hallelujah, the Bible tells us there was a young boy named Joshua who hung out at the tent. Amen. He wanted to know the God that Moses talked to. Hallelujah. Amen. He hung out there morning, noon, and night, and he listened, amen, to his mentor, to his mensch. Amen. Hallelujah. He listened to his mentor. Amen. Talk to God face to face. And the whole thing, amen, fascinated him. The whole listening to God, talking to God, the face-to-face interactions, the glory, amen, the wisdom with which Moses would come out of the tent with, amen, Joshua said, I want that in my life, hallelujah, I want to experience that, and when Moses was long gone, amen, Joshua would wander around the prayer room, amen, seeing if he could get, amen, a glimpse of that glory, seeing, amen, if he could somehow, amen, pick up, amen, some of that presence in his life, hallelujah, amen. Amen. I don't know about you, but that that to me is just it's a beautiful amen uh, uh, description of who Joshua really was. He was a person that was fascinated with the presence of God. Joshua lingered for countless hours in the presence of God. It's little wonder that when Israel feared hearing the voice of God, that Joshua trailed behind Moses up the mountain. God told Moses, I'm going to meet with you today so we can talk. And the whole camp of Israel said, you go, Moses. We don't want to hear God's voice. Mm -hmm. Not even Moses' brother Aaron wanted to go up the mountain. Not even Moses' sister Miriam wanted to hear the voice of God. But the little boy, the young lad who hung out at the tent said, I'll go with you, Moses. I know that presence. I know that voice. I hear it talk to you. I hear it. Amen. I feel it. Praise God. And I know that it's not out to kill us. I know that it's our greatest ally. I know that it's our greatest hope. I know that I know that with that voice and that presence on our side, we can defeat all our armies. Hallelujah. You know, when you read in Kings and, and Judges and all these other stories in the Bible, you know, Israel many times is described, amen, as having great military prowess. Amen. There, at one point, the Bible says that there was even Israelites that could shoot slingshots. Amen. With the right hand and the left hand, they were ambidextrous. Amen. They could hit you from a mile off. 
with the rock. Amen. They were, they were skilled at war. But you know, during the book of Joshua, it never says that they were good fighters. Amen. The, they either won or lost every war based on one simple thing. Do we know the voice of God? Have we touched the Spirit of God? Have we obeyed the Word of God? Did we pray? Amen. Did we follow God's will? Amen. And, 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 and with nothing more than a prayer life, Joshua and the Israelites knocked down walls, defeated cities. Amen. Hallelujah. All because there was a young man that loved to hang out in the prayer room. Hallelujah. There was a person in there that said, you know what? I want what Moses has got. Hallelujah. I want to, I want to talk to God myself. Amen. And could somebody say amen? Hallelujah. Amen. I, 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 how, how does this apply to me, Brother Prado? I'll tell you how this applies to you. Amen. You're going to have victory if you have a prayer life. You're going to have answers if you have a prayer life. Amen. You're going to have a marriage if you have a prayer life. You will raise good kids on a prayer life. Hallelujah. You will, you will have good opportunities with the prayer life. When you talk to God, you will have victory. Hallelujah. Amen. When you get God on your side, amen, you will come out on top. Somebody say amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Joshua loved the presence of God. It was, it was there at the prayer tent. Amen. That Joshua allowed God to refashion him, to reshape him, to reinfluence him, and to renew him. Joshua could stay above the Egyptian way of thinking with a prayer life. Joshua knew, I got, I got this flesh that'll try to get me to think. Amen. Like, like an Egyptian. And he knew I got to keep this flesh at the tent. Amen. Hallelujah. I got to go to the tent. Amen. That's where Moses is at. That's where, you know, you know, Joshua had double the climb that Moses did. Moses was, Moses never was a slave. Moses, the Bible says that Moses was filled with all knowledge of God. And it said, and he had all knowledge in the ways of Egypt. Moses was educated. He was upwardly mobile. He came from good stock. Mm-hmm. He, he walked around Pharaoh's palace in his Gavinci <laughs> sandals. He had, it, he had it going on. But Joshua, he was raised as a slave. His parents were slaves. His parents' parents were slaves. Mo, you know, Joshua, I, I understand why Joshua wanted to be at the tent. He thought, what do I have to be afraid of? This is the God that brought me out of slavery. This is the God that turned my life around. I'm not going to hide from him. I'm going to run to him. I want to be where he's at. Amen. Amen. The, the rest of my people might be afraid, but he's the answer, not the problem. Hallelujah. He's the solution. Amen. Hallelujah. I want to be where he's at. Amen. I, I, I want to I welcome his presence into my life. It's this God in the tent, amen, that helps me stay out of Egypt. It's this God in the tent, hallelujah, that makes me a better man, hallelujah. It's the God in the tent that does it all, amen. I want to be where that cloud is. I want to be where the glory is, hallelujah. And you know what? Here's the beautiful thing is Joshua said, there's no way, there's no way that the God who called me and my family, my descendants and my people out of Egypt only wants to talk to Moses. He wants to talk to all of us. You know, most of the Israelites probably thought, most of the Israelites only wanted to hear from God concerning their issues. They only showed up to the tent when they wanted to know who deserves that half of the inheritance. That's the only time they showed up at the tent. Who should pay for this infraction? Who did, did my wife cheat on me? They, they, they just wanted to come to the tent when issues were involved. 
But when everybody was gone, Joshua stayed at the tent because he wasn't just the God of issues. He wasn't, he wasn't just God who, he wasn't just God who, who declared good, bad, up, down. You're fired, you're hired. He was, he was much more grand than that. He was much bigger than that. You know, I refuse. And I'm, I'm, I'm done here. I refuse to be an issues preacher. Because that's not all God is. That's not all God is. I, I know people that that's all they preach is issues. Issues and issues and issues. And what about this issue? And what about that issue? You know, there's enough issues out there. And, and I don't, I don't, I, I believe that when you hang out in the tent, amen, there is no issue. <laughs> when you're hanging out at the tent, amen, the God of the tent will tell you, amen, hallelujah. You'll know who, who has to pay that back. You'll know who that belongs to. Amen. The God at the tent, amen, will keep your wife from cheating on you. Hallelujah. Amen. The God at the tent, amen, will keep your life in order. Doesn't mean you won't have challenges. It doesn't mean there won't be days when things are turned upside down and inside out. Amen. But the God of the tent. Yeah. Yes. Amen. He, he can work all that out. He can level all that out. Amen. And you could see him more than just the problem solver. Amen. You could see him as God Almighty. Hallelujah. You could see him as victory. Amen. You could see him as the God that goes with you to work and the God that goes with you to the hospital and the God that comes home with you and the God that helps you raise your children and the God who loves you and the God who called you out of Egypt and the God who will keep you out of Egypt. Hallelujah. And the God that will get you into heaven and the God that you'll worship in your days of glory. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, come on, let's magnify him just for a few minutes.